Adventure at Los Angeles 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of those episodes. And then we watched the Golden Palace and we ran out of those episodes too. So now we do whatever we want, which is really kind of wonderful. And I'm really excited for today's episode because this is kind of like my choosing and you got really excited about it. And I like, I'm so excited. Yes, you're yes. I'm also very excited. This is a wild journey that we've I've, we've gone on the, over the past 24 hours. Dream. It was a fever Today, dream. It was a fever dream. Yes. Today, we're doing a Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty, Rue and Estelle did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their careers. Today, we're covering something a little different. It is a 1986 tv special um it was walt disney world's 15th anniversary celebration which was filmed at disney world in florida and was hosted by b arthur and betty white oh my so okay now let let me let me just set up this for our dear lovely listeners out there that when carrie and i were like we were talking about different things to do next and like what you know we, we had a lot of like business talks going on and then we were like well let's do something fun and silly and stupid and i carrie knows that i was going to disneyland um because michael and i are our pass holders and we go to disneyland quite often and i just casually mentioned to carrie you know there's something i don't know if they hosted it or if they were in it but this but betty white and b arthur did a thing at disney world or maybe disneyland in like the 80s and then you found this gym that was an hour and what 30 minutes long something like that of yeah this so Sunday i assume night that special. it was two hours on tv yeah where do we think it aired well i know so exactly it aired, where it aired. i do I know, know that it aired november i know exactly okay. where it aired. so abc disney and abc of course, of course disney owns abc and they had yes. the sunday night this was part of their sunday night movie because i don't think the walt disney hour thing had existed anymore in the 80s and this was a part of abc's sunday night movie but instead of the sunday night movie it was the celebration of Disney World. And yeah. And the reason why wow, B. Okay. Arthur and Betty White were in it is because Golden Girls was a division of Buena Vista, which is, of course, Disney World's sort of um, distribution system for their TV shows and stuff. And even though it aired on NBC, Golden Girls is kind of technically a part of Disney. And so because of that, the girls are Disney legends, which is like an award they give to like all of the icons of Disney, like Julie Andrews, Angela Lansbury, like all of them and the four girls. And when you get it, you get this like pen or you get, the, you get an award, you get lifetime like entry into all the parks, which Betty White loved. And you get all kinds of like crazy things, but you're they're Disney legends because of all this. I'm so glad that you knew you had that bit of history because mm-hmm. all I could find was that it aired on November 9th, 1986. Uh, and it's currently available on YouTube. We will put it in the show notes. Yeah. Now, to describe what this thing is, now, this, this is a, this was a pre-taped, everything was pre-taped because yeah. there was so much going on, but it was sort of presented as if it were a live two-hour show. It featured Disney cast members' performances, mm-hmm. special guests, which include, I'm going to read the list of special guests because it is a who's who of like 
it, it was it's a who's who all of over the, the place. And the, Let's be real. Like it was, <laughs> it was all over the place. I was here for it. Yeah. You had Ray Charles, yeah. Dolly Parton, oh. Diane Carroll, the Charlie Daniels band, the Everly Brothers, three out of the four monkeys, um, Emmanuel <laughs> Lewis, who played Webster, Harry Shearer, the comedian, Air Supply, and Charlton Heston. I mean, what? And and you're forgetting my least favorite president that people love making fun of me for, Ronald Reagan. Was, oh, well, did Ronald Reagan do one of those birthday card things? No, he gave like a little speech after Charlton Heston during that whole America bit. He gave a little like five oh, like, minute speech. I know I'm you probably not, tuned I'm not going to lie. Fast forwarded through yeah, some of that. I was getting a little bored. It was toward the end. But Ronald Reagan made um, an appearance and B. Arthur even made a joke about Ronald and Nancy. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm no, I did. I did hear the joke part. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to tell everybody sort of just to put them in the same headspace that I was in. So I started watching this two nights ago at like nine o'clock p.m., which was a little bit of a mistake given how long it was. And I pause and I take notes and I go back and I, you know, give you time codes to pull clips and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was up really late watching this. Yeah. Imagine right before you're getting ready to go to bed, you've like popped a melatonin. Yeah. You put your headphones in mm-hmm. and then the Macy's Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day Parade is screamed into your ears for mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah. Like that is what this was. And oh. I was not prepared for it at nine o'clock at night. Like maybe if I were to settle in and watch some Golden Girls. Um, I had the, the opposite thing about reaction, this, the fully opposite reaction. <laughs> okay. I watched it at the same time you did same, that night. I did not take notes like you do because I'm not that person. But I was so giddy happy watching this every minute of it. I Even when the girls weren't on, I watched because I'm a Disney freak. And there were even times because Michael wasn't watching it. Michael was working because he was on a deadline. So I kept yelling to him in the other room. You have to come see this. You have to come see this. And he'd come out, watch the thing I was obsessed over, and then leave. And then he'd come back again later. It was ridiculous. That's funny because with Stan, Stan kept coming in and being like, you're still watching this? (laughs) (laughs) So the thing about this was that because it was treated like a live parade, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade the hosts are commenting on what's going on at the moment. But because this was all pre-taped, mm-hmm. the women, did you notice that yes. Betty and B were yes. never really commenting on the performances well, or sketches that just happened because it was clear that they weren't watching any of them? There were there are moments where they are actually involved in the action happening on the street. And then there are other moments where it is clear that they are in a green room situation outside, but there's the background is completely different. And they are filming at a location that they are not actually in. And it is, it brings me so, there are even moments where they will be in a green screen moment and then they'll move to another like location and then they'll be on location. It is such a mind fuck. It is. I mean, and I'm sure they were filming Golden Girls at the time. So maybe they didn't have a lot of time, but like it was so, it was so just, it felt so disjointed to me at times when like, so, for example, Emmanuel Lewis does this great dance number to Footloose, right? And the end, the audience is going wild. So you're hearing the cheers over yeah. B and Betty as if B and Betty are 
standing nearby watching, but they're clearly not. The audio is just edited that way. So Emmanuel Lewis finishes this amazing dance and everybody's clapping and it cuts back to B and Betty and B's just like, where's Harry Shearer? I heard he was supposed to be here doing some of his impressions. And I was like, it looks like you're just, you hated Emmanuel Lewis's performance and then you're just not even going to address it and you're just moving on. I'll be honest. I'm with, I'm with B in this one because I did not like Emmanuel Lewis's performance. I'm sorry. I did not think it was amazing. I thought it was was a little underwhelming to be honest i i enjoyed it i enjoy, <laughs> i thought it was great so let's so i feel like you and i should maybe just talk about really quickly yeah. our associations with like disney and sure. mickey and friends just briefly um <laughs> briefly when have we ever done that on the, the show <laughs> well right I, I that's more for you than for me i guess yeah. but i will say i have been to disney world once disney world once um i went my senior year of high school that's where we took our senior class trip oh, wow i've been to disneyland once wow. i went um maybe two years after i moved here my friend uh ryan um works for disney does one of their podcasts and so stan and i went and met ryan at disney and because i don't love rides meaning i don't love going too fast i don't love mm, spinning yeah. Um, we went on like a couple of rides. I remember we went on the toy story one where you shoot the little pew pew yeah, yeah. like pistols. Buzz I think that's yeah. the toy story one. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear. We went on Buzz Lightyear and I went on Indiana Jones, but oh. I wanted to die. Yeah, I was, my entire body was clenched the whole time yeah. and I had to keep my eyes closed and I did not enjoy the experience, but Stan really wanted to go on it. Of course. So that is my association with the theme parks. When it comes to Mickey, I am as I have a 19-month-old little Oreo, I am in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse territory. Which is why when I heard the characters speaking at Disney World in 1986, Mickey, Goofy, mostly Mickey and Goofy, I was like, oh, dear God, they don't sound anything like Mickey and Goofy Mm -hmm. um, because I'm used to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Mickey and Goofy. Yeah. Um, So that's sort of my association with Disney. Oy, mine is a lot more in depth. I, as I said, I'm a pass holder, so I probably go, Michael and I probably go to Disney at minimum once a month, but at max, we'll go three times a month. Like this, we went last week, we're going next week, and we're going on Valentine's Day. So that's like three visits in the span of like two weeks, basically. Um, So, yeah, I've been to Disneyland like hundreds of times, I'm sure, at this point. And Disney World, I have not been as much, but I love Disney World. I love it so much, but it's so hard to get there, and it's like out of the way and all of the things. But I would go, as a kid, we went as a family, and it was like one of like the best times ever because my my dad married this woman, and they went, they got married like in Disney World, or they took their honeymoon in Disney World, and they came back with all these presents from Disney World, and I was so pissed about it because I was like, why are you going to Disney World without kids? You have like five kids. Bring the kids. I hated them for that. So anyway, they made up for that and they brought us. And then I went one year with my fam, my mom and my brothers to Disney World. And it was so fun. It's like one of the best memories of my family trip vacation moments. It was just, it was a magical moment. Um, so I love Disney and I love Disney films. And I have like special memories. Like I, I distinctly remember I lived with my father when I was a kid. And I, my mom didn't have custody of us. And so we would go like maybe like three weeks of the year to my mom's house, basically. So it wasn't often. And I remember we saw Little Mermaid and we were mesmerized by Little Mermaid. We were like, 
this is the best film ever. And we were leaving the theater and the, the usher or whatever said, oh, we apologize for the inconvenience, the air going out. Here's a ticket to another showing. And we immediately looked at each other and we're like, we're going to see Little Mermaid right now again. And so we stayed and watched Aww. it literally again. So Disney is like, is like so formative to me as a person, as like a creative person, as just like TV was for me. Disney was also kind of that. It was like a, it's, I mean, I hate to say that I'm a Disney gay, but I think I'm a Disney gay, but I'm a cool Disney gay, but I'm definitely yeah. a Disney gay. I'm definitely a Disney gay. Yeah. Yeah. It's I bad. love that. I love that history. That's really sweet that you saw Little Mermaid two times. Two times in a row. And then I went back, when, when we went back to stay with my dad, we saw it again and he hated it. And we were like, now we know. We know we hate him. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the moment. That was the moment. And he wouldn't take me to see Beauty and the Beast. So I had to go see Beauty and the Beast on my own. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. On my mm-hmm. own. Says a lot. I did it. Says though. a lot. Did it. Oh, well, should we get should to it? we take a quick break we and then to. yeah, we're going to talk about you guys. Special. Wait, no, I, wish, I should set it up. I should set it. Up. We'll, we'll come back from break and I'll set it up. Okay, come, we'll come back. Okay. Picture 1986, Orlando, Florida. B. Arthur, Betty White, decorated television icons show up at Disney World to celebrate the Disney World Park's 15th anniversary. B. Arthur, still bitter over losing the Emmy to Betty White just a mere months earlier, actually. And then they celebrate. <laughs> Yay! That's it. And then they That's celebrate. Because se- literally, we- that was the timeline. Like, she had just lost the Emmy to Betty White. Well, there's a clip about it mm-hmm. in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, their entrance, they, Betty and B, their entrance, this was green screen, right? I couldn't tell because the quality of the video wasn't that great. Up. I couldn't they keep were, up. They were, they came in on a giant Mickey hot air balloon yes. okay. called Ear Force One. Yeah. I, I do think it was green screen. I thought it was real at first. And then Michael was like, look at it. It's totally fake. It's, it's, they're not even in that. They're barely in that, that hot air balloon. The so, quality of the video, I couldn't yeah. tell, but there was definitely flame happening. But regardless of it so being they, fake or real, it was so cool to see Betty White and B. Arthur. It was like, a cool entrance. Land in Disney World. Should we should we just play the clip of yes, when they of when should. they land? Now, okay. Before I play this, this clip, is the very beginning of the special. Before we play any of these clips, I should tell all the listeners that this is, of course, a YouTube copy of this television special. So the audio is not like as crisp as other clips might be. So just be forewarned about that. But yes, here's the clip. I let you make our airline reservations. Well, at least we got here in time for Walt Disney World's 15th birthday party. Oh, this is going to be a great, spectacular night for music, entertainment, guest stars. And who knows? Maybe you'll even get to meet Pluto and Dumbo. Oh, Betty, I've met Ronnie and Nancy, Charles and Diana, Simon and Simon. I don't think I'll be that impressed. 
meeting someone whose biggest claim to fame is being on a first-name basis with Goofy. Who knows, B? Maybe we'll meet a couple of nice guys. <laughs> Maybe even someone from our own species. Oh, honey, now I know that 250 million people have come here and loved it, but I've never been here before. That's why you're so lucky to be with me. I've been here a hundred times. Oh, we're going to have so much. I'm Betty White. I'm Betty White. I was going to say yes. in this, yes, <laughs> yes, I'm the B. Arthur. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is find a hot dog. Yeah. And you're Betty White. Just so excited to tell me all about the park. Yes. That is their entire dynamic. What is so great about this is that the entire time B. Arthur and at times Betty White, they're having a conversation, but they are reading from Hugh cards. So they are not looking at each other. Insane. It's so it's it's so wild to watch, but yet they do it. Like, like you don't mind that they're doing it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just happy to see them together. I don't, yeah, I don't care. It's, yeah. they're just so lovely together. I also love so, the little ads the they throw special, in. Like, sorry, the, not, not the ads, but like the little sort of like, cause I mean, basically this is a big commercial for people to take a trip to Disney World. That's what this is. Yes. And so yep. you have like the little like B. Arthur moments of being like, well, I know that 250 million people visit this park every single year, but I want to see the attractions. You know, like, it's, yeah, it's so exactly. not something that she would actually say ever. <laughs> yeah, you can tell they, they, I also feel like, oh gosh, I, there, there were moments and I will point them out a little bit later, but like, who wrote some of this copy? Oi. I feel like, Oi. I feel like because, because whoever wrote it was someone with like, it felt like it was someone in Disney marketing who was like, okay, I'm going to write some jokes for these women, but mostly I really just want to talk about the park. There was like, well, again, we'll get to it later, but there were just moments where I was like, was that supposed to be a joke? That was so bad. And I really wish that they had just like given that, like bring them a golden girls writer to pitch jokes on the day. Um, so this special opens so strongly. The very first bit, the very first musical act they have is Dolly Parton. You can't go wrong. She's perfect. You can't go wrong with Dolly. Dolly. She's perfect. She's, she's just like, she went from that seventies era Dolly where she was like, you know, like on the thicker side and her, she was, she felt really short and everything. And then in the eighties, she became this sort of like her plastic surgery really set in and the boobs became really big and the hair became really big and she became almost taller. She was, oh my gosh, like uh, such a fantastic presence on that stage. So it starts where, um, you know, she receives this letter from the working girls at the park and she's like, you know, oh no, the women can't come to the Disney celebration. I got to do something. Yeah. And then we get this beautiful recreation of the famous and wonderful 1980 movie starring Dolly, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Mm -hmm. nine to five. Where with the nails, do you know that she does? She with the nails. Have you ever seen her in concert? No, I haven't. She'll play nine to five on her nails, like her acrylics. And she'll be like, and she'll do a whole thing with it's. Yeah, I could see that. Well, yeah, you can do the the beginning part where you do like typewriters and stuff. Like she can do more than just the beginning. She can like actually create it because I mean, she has full. I I have gel nails, but like she has like full on acrylic nails, and she can like go to town. 
That's very cool. I didn't know that she did that. Um, but the way that they do this, I thought the set was actually really great. It was like a bunch of pink desks in an office and the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland is yeah. the shitty boss who's like, get to work, get to work, get perfect, to work. Perfect. And the girls are the Disney princesses of that time. It's Cinderella, Daisy, Snow Minnie. White, Alice, Minnie, and Daisy. Oh my God. Daisy, for some reason, is like three feet shorter than Minnie, yeah, even though that, like canonically they... ducks are bigger than mice. And yes, true. And Daisy now is literally a queer icon. I will send you videos. People post. They have made. Whoever at Disney in the theming of the parks said to someone in creative, we need a drag queen and we need them to be in the body of Daisy. Because she will. I'll send you videos. She will go out and it will be the sassiest, like most like drag walk you have ever seen. She'll go up to people and she'll be like, no, 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 no. Like with her hand in their Like literally. It is a drag queen in the costume of Daisy now, and it's iconic. It's yes. Everything. Please send me those videos. Send me those videos, please. Yes. Um, I I love that during the song at one point Dolly goes over to Daisy and she's like, "Tell Donald to stop his quacking and stop bringing home a paycheck." Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, the only fun. thing I wish during this bit because I mean we're gonna focus, of course, on the Betty and the and and B bits, but like. But you can't you can't skip over Dolly ever. Um, but I wish B and Betty were like a part of this somehow. I wish they were actually in the action with Dolly because Dolly's so big. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I understand. Again, there was this. They probably taped this over the course of a couple days. Of I'm guessing because there's so much going on and. I understand why, because it wasn't a proper live show, they couldn't incorporate them. Like B and Betty were very much on their own island as yeah. hosts. Um, I really wished it could have been a live event that felt properly hosted like a live event. But I, well, I understand down, why it just would have been too much to do. They often shut down the parks for things like this. So we, we've seen that in the <laughs> parks Well, they'll have like the park will be closing at nine and they'll set up a thing for like a live performance of something or whatever it is like. They rarely shoot it live in the park. Sometimes they will. They just recently shot an episode of Wonder Years live in the park while people were in the park, which is wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since that's a period show. show. So I'll be curious to see. I don't know how they did it, but the park was apparently open. Mm, well, you can digitally remove people in yeah. post. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, they do nine to five. Dolly is amazing. And if you're wondering, oh boy, are they going to play some of the nine to five? We're going to play some of the nine to five a little bit later. Yes. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Dolly crushes it. Um, then Emmanuel Lewis and the toy soldiers do yeah. the f- cover of Footloose, which again, I was entertained. I thought it was great. I always thought um, and then, people's obsession with him was a little too much. I was just like, come on, guys. I mean, he's cute and all, but, like, let's not have him host the Oscars or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear him talk. He was just, he was dancing. Yeah, not too much for me. <laughs> okay, I enjoyed it. Um, so then the, the Harry Shear bit where he was, like, essentially, he was, so like, weird. doing... What character was he doing? I don't know. I don't but even know. It was like Harry Shear in Minnie Mouse, and he was just like shitting on her clothes and her makeup and her, her eyebrows. Yeah. It was it was something that it like what's weird. so interesting about this whole special is that there are some because I'm mean, Disney was of course huge in the eighties, but like I don't think it had necessarily the lore, the nostalgic millennial sort of lore that we have for Disney, and that's what that's really driving a lot of like the 
the park attendants now and like people go, I mean, it's Disney adults that are really driving a lot of this myself. And I don't think that necessarily was a thing back then. And so they maybe were a little bit loose in what they could do. And having Harry Shear here doing material that they're basically, he's basically trashing on like one of the main characters. Very weird. I was like, they'd never do that today. They'd never do that today. Um, so then we get to the beautiful nighttime electric lights parade, mm, right? They just recently and brought that back be- for a little bit too. And it was so fun. Oh, that's fun. I never yeah. knew that it went away. Yeah, it went away. But it did go away. The anniversary and it, it comes and goes. So in, in, in this bit, um, the electric, uh, electric lights parade is starting. Betty is nowhere to be found. B is kind of pissed and, I thought, you know, when we started watching the special, I was like, B. Arthur, she agreed to do this because she gets to sing, right? Yeah. And then, and then here we go. And then, and then it happens. You know, Betty was right. There's something magical about this place. And I guess when you're surrounded by magic, you can't help but feel that magic in your own heart. I feel it. Want the music to last. <laughs> Want the magic to live. Want the star to wish upon. Give the child in you all the love you can give. And the party will go on. And on. On and on and on. So I Googled the lyrics to this song. And mm-hmm. so this, I guess, was a song specifically written for the fireworks show. Um, or I guess for the electric lights parade, rather. Do you know who usually sings it? Or was this also the first time oh, you heard that song? It was the first time I'd heard that song. I don't know that song, so I didn't know that. But they changed that stuff, not regularly, but fairly regularly over the years. So like... They probably don't use it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I Googled it because I was like, oh, is this a song I should know? And you can definitely hear like Disney yes. associated Disney theme, you know, yeah. music playing Not throughout. And I was the, like, oh, OK, this feels like a Disney song. Like that bit felt like a like a weird sex moment to me. That felt like. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I was like, it doesn't feel like a song from a Disney movie. Yeah. It, but it feels like a song of the 80s. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But anyway, when I Googled the lyrics, it just said like Disney fireworks show. So wow. um, so then after B finishes her beautiful song, again, you mm-hmm. should watch this entire parade because it's wonderful. It's so good. Uh, Betty comes back and they continue watching the parade. B and, and Betty watch the parade together. Commenting. And by watch... <laughs> I mean that we hear their voices over footage of the parade, even though it was very specific. They were specifically pointing out certain things in the parade. Um, But there was a joke exchange between the two of them in this moment that felt like it would have been on the Golden Girls between Dorothy and Rose. And that's our next clip with the little turtle. You want to play that one? Look at the cute little turtle with the glasses. I dated a guy who looked like that. Oh, he wore glasses? No, he looked like a turtle. But I got him to come out, out of his of shell. shell. Yes. <laughs> Let's hear it for electricity. Hip, hip, hooray! 
Let's hear it for electricity. If it wasn't for Thomas Edison, we'd be watching the electrical parade in the dark. Some of us are, Betty. <laughs> she might as well have said, some of us are, Rose, yeah. because that was such a Dorothy well, Rose and moment. They do, they do play, I mean, there is a joke that we hear later, I think that's one of the clips, where they mention uh, Blanche or Rue, and they there there are references to the show throughout the special of their characters and the show. It is, I can't tell you guys enough, you have to watch this. So, okay, I, I want to get to the next clip because th- this is the moment in the special where I started to realize like, oh man, this writing is kind of bad. So <laughs> there is a segment a little bit later um, where Betty is telling B about the history of Disney World from yeah. Walt's idea to the opening in 1971. Um, and, you know, just it, it's showing a lot of old footage and interviews. And it is, it's the history of Disney World. Yeah. Um, and then we come out of that clip to uh, this conversation between the two of them. Now, before we play the clip, yeah, I have something to say. Um, I should say. Okay, so Betty, there's going to be a callback. Betty, during this clip that we're not, you know, that we're not going to see, but we're playing after it. Betty makes a comment about uh, flesh colored socks. So that's that's going to be a callback that you hear. Um, But this is a conversation that they have coming out of like a, a package that you're watching about the history of Disney World. Yes. Nice to hear a story with a happy ending. Not entirely. Flesh-colored socks never caught on. I'm not sure if I should laugh or cry. Does it seem possible that it has been over 20 years since the monkeys got together? What? 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 What kind of transition is that? Yes. It's like, like, oh, wow. Yeah, Disney can't believe that it all came together. Can you believe it's been 20 years since the monkeys got together? Like, what? But, what kind of transition I mean, is that? But you do have to give it when hosting, like, a special, there's going to be at least one or two clunky transitions. There's just going to be. And I tell you, as someone who has hosted and written for myself <laughs> as a host, uh, no, I've got for you. IMDb, for Mashable, for Entertainment Weekly, I have done this for years. Yes, yes. And I have never, I, I. it's the clunkiest, wow, it all came true. It sure did. Yeah. Does it seem possible? It's been like, it's not all great. you, it's you can do great. something so, so simple. Um, anyway, that transition blew my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, so then the monkeys come out Mm. and I have to, do you have any feelings about the monkeys? No, none. I have none. Okay. So (laughs) when I was a kid, okay. So for those who don't know, the monkeys were a ripoff, um, a response. A, a ripoff of the Beatles. They were the Beatles, but they were really fun and playful. Yeah. And they had their own TV show and they were goofy. And it was three American guys and one English guy. It was Mickey Dolan's Peter Tork, Davy Jones, 
and Mike Nesmith. Wow. Mike Nesmith, who is missing, by the way, what? he did not join for this reunion. And nobody mentions that Mike Nesmith is not there. Oh, I thought um, he was actually missing. I was like, wait, is, it, is this our new true crime spinoff? No, no, I'm so sorry. He was not missing. <laughs> no. Um, and Mickey Dolenz is the only one who's still alive out yeah. of the four of them. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed this so much because when I was a little kid, I loved the monkeys. I had such a crush on Davy Jones. I watched it when I was a kid. It was like, I feel like it was like part of my Saturday morning cartoons. Um, so they sing uh, Believer. I'm a believer, which most people know the Smash Mouth cover from Shrek. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I don't know. I loved it. It was the style of the um, this segment was very much in the fashion of the Monkees TV show. It was very playful. The editing was really funny. Um, they were like, I don't know. It was really fun. I wish they sang Last Train to Clarksville, which is my favorite monkey song. But I I, I think, you know, I understand why they played that song because that yeah. was, song was a big hit. Um, there was also there was a joke between B and Betty after this performance that I did actually like where um, they were saying that there was like another performance going on at another area of the park. And Betty goes, oh, if we run, we can catch air supply. And B goes, if we run, we're going to need air supply, (laughs) which I was like, "Okay, all right, writer, I will give you that. Maybe they hired Bruce Valanche for that one, maybe. Um, So, yeah, then air supply performs. They sing a song to a bunch of women in Flower Alley, which I guess is a part of Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Flower Alley. Disney World. Um. Oh, sorry, of Disney World. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they sang Even the Nights Are Better, which I think, again, All Out of Love is like a really good song. Um, oh, gosh. And then I just wrote Town Square, America the Beautiful, Charlton Heston. Uh, is, I know the whole. Ted that, Kennedy. It is. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I Ted Kennedy, I, I once interned on um, Capitol Hill for Senator Gene Carnahan. And Ted Kennedy told me to put. Um, Superman on my future business cards and I was like okay cool like it was the weirdest suggestion ever and I never saw him again <laughs> yeah you definitely left a woman to die in the water yeah, I'm not, Kennedy, not gonna so. get into that that not gonna get into that but yes you're right um but uh it was then weird. a bunch of children sing this land is my land <laughs> well and th- I will say there is something about Disney World specifically about Disneyland and Disney World that there is an Americana element to it so there is very much a mm-hmm. patriot not all over the park but there is elements of that in the park because Walt Disney created the park. The front, the main street is is based off his um, hometown. Like that's sort of his hometown in Missouri, and so like Main Street in his hometown. So like, it sort of harkens back to like an old day, which is the setup for the next clip as well, where they kind of talk about that like old world nostalgia of like yesteryear and when things were simpler. And I will say the dialogue in the clip, even though. It isn't referencing what a lot of people are probably going to think they're referencing because there's a lot of talk right now about um, Splash Mountain being taken down because Splash Mountain was a ride created in 1989, so after the special had aired, um, that based on the film Song of the South, which is a very racially uncomfortable film to watch, a very inappropriate film, should not have been made. And 
they they but of course you know times have changed and we're evolving and things are good and disney is also evolving as well and so they're changing splash mountain which is based there's characters from that from song of the south in splash mountain they're changing it which i'm really excited about to tiana's ride from princess and the frog which is one of my favorite disney movies and i'm so excited and it's going to have that whole new orleans quarter is going to be primarily based around princess and the frog which is like such an amazing film and i love that it's celebrating sort of like a black princess and half of the park essentially or one fourth of the park is going to be celebrating this amazing black princess which is what we should be doing so anyway yeah that's a really good movie it's a really really good movie so in the it's really really good but in the clip you'll hear it they it sounds like they're talking kind of about that but they talk about big thunder railroad and stuff and that's actually in um in Frontierland, which is sort of like a cowboy thing but betty's kind of talking like she's from the south it's a very strange mix of dialogue that i don't quite understand yeah we should play that clip before um before uh uh, they do that little bit with B and Betty where she's, it's basically Betty doing a Blanche impression is mm-hmm. what it feels like. But also Before Scarlett O'Hara. That, though, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, before that, Ray Charles sang America the Beautiful. I watched it three times. It I mean, was Ray Charles is Ray Charles. I, know. Ray Charles is Ray Charles. What a legend. I, mean, I did you watch Designing like, Women when he did that theme song? Because in the final season or final two seasons of Designing Women, Ray Charles sang Georgia, oh, Georgia. And it's all the women sitting on a piano and like Julia Sugarbaker's all like, oh, Ray Charles. And like, um, um, oh, God, she was on SNL, not, not Jane Curtin. One of the other, I forget her name. I'm blanking on her name and I'm, I'm going to find out. But she's sitting on the piano like Julia looking, Sweeney, not Julia Sweeney. No. Uh, it's Ray Charles is incredible. And I'm going to find out. Are you looking name. up who it was? Yes. Okay. Victoria Jackson. I'm just going to keep saying women who are on SNL. <laughs> no. Anna Gasteyer. No. Molly Shannon. Jan Hooks. Sherry O'Terry. Jan Hooks. Oh, Jan Hooks. In the final yes. season. Yeah, after, Jan Hooks. It was after, earlier cast members. After Gene Smart and Delta Burke left, Jan Hooks and Julia Duffy and um, someone else took over for some of the cast members and they they were added. They're in that promo in the beginning of, or the theme song in the beginning sitting around Ray Charles and it's fantastic. You should Google it. That's exciting. Should we play um, the clip where Betty is doing a Blanche impression? Oh, of essentially? course. Yes, definitely. Every time I see Big Thunder Mountain, I yearn for the turn of the century when gentlemen were gentlemen. When traveling by train was the height of elegance, and a woman like myself could depend on the kindness of strangers. Those were the words of Tennessee Williams. You sound more like Tennessee Ernie Ford, but I will agree with you. That was an enchanting period in our history, but rugged. Betty, do you know, in those days, great entertainers would travel by train to bring song and music to every part of the country. And that's why Gladys Knight and the Pips are on board for the birthday party. Oh, they're so wonderful, but why couldn't we have some of the original entertainers from the 1800s here at the party? Betty, they're all dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, it doesn't sound like she's doing, like, a frontier lady. It sounds like she's doing, like, Blanche doing the Gone with the Wind impression. I also have to say, again, what kind of joke is that? She goes, Betty, I think they're all dead. Oh, that's and Betty a good goes, joke. 
My oh That's a good joke. My. No, don't take that from them. That's a good joke. The, B. Arthur's delivery of saying, Betty, they're all dead. And then Betty that going, was, that was great. And then that Betty was going, my oh my. I mean, I think it works. I think it's funny. Listeners, what do you think? Okay. Sound off in the comments. I I don't know. I was like, again, I was being I was being very judgmental of the writing We're because also, you know what? You have two of the most brilliant comedic actors up there. Disney is worth a gajillion dollars. Like seriously, yeah. they but couldn't they have hired at Bruce the time. You have to remember where they were at the time. The Disney the Disney company had not had a big hit film in literally years at this point. And a Little Mermaid was only a few years off. So like the company was actually kind of struggling. Well, okay. I mean, they could have hired a better writer. <laughs> so then B and Betty, they go over to Epcot and they sort of start talking about the history of Epcot. And I know this is kind of a long scene, but, um, or I guess it's not that long, no. but there's this really funny runner where all B wants to do is find a hot dog. Which is me um, apart. Totally so me. let's totally be of the Magic Kingdom with two different sections, Future World and World Showcase. That means twice as many places to grab a hot dog. Let's go find one of those places. Oh, oh you can start in the World Showcase. There are 10 different countries. It makes you feel the diversity of cultures all over the world by presenting the past and present achievements of those different nations. I wonder how you ordered junk food in a foreign language. Or you might want to check out Future World and see what life will be like under the sea or in space colonies or when robots become a part of our everyday lives. How much do you tip a robot for a wiener? Well, I've been to a lot of gay bars with a lot of go-go's, and I can tell you, the, the ones that dance robotically... You tip them at least $2 because they're trying. They're trying. I I also, I love if, if, if you keep watching beyond that, like Betty, she doesn't even acknowledge, like she just keeps talking about the beauty of Epcot. She doesn't even acknowledge any of what B is saying, which I think is really, really funny. Can I tell you how um, much, can I tell you how much I love Betty White at Epcot? Betty White owned Epcot. Betty White came in, she lifted her skirt, and she was like, yes, I am going to dance, I am going to sing, and I am going to delight audiences with my friendship with Donald Duck. She had- I was wondering where you were going with that. You were like, Betty goes into Epcot, and she lifts up her skirt. I you like, think? this going? I mean, but that's, she was, she was kind of, it, it got borderline risque during that French number where they had the French girls lifting their skirts, you know, the dun, 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 whatever, and... Betty, da, 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 Betty was kind da, 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 of lifting her yeah. skirt, and there were times, as as a drag performer myself, there were times where I'm looking for certain things so that you don't show everything on stage. And I'm very conscious of that. I'm sure every woman is if they're on a stage situation. And she was lifting it in places where I don't think she knew the camera was seeing. Oh, I'll have to go back and rewatch. I just know that, um, I mean, we'll play the clip shortly, but... Um, she had so much fun uh, dancing Have you been and to Epcot? singing and was that? Have you been to Epcot? I have been to Epcot. It when I went so my fun. senior year of high school, we went to Epcot. I remember eating at a restaurant in Italy. It is so much fun. It is. It's kind of like I think seen as like the adult park, but I think kids love it too. I love Epcot. I love Figment. 
you know, the little hits. He's only at Epcot in Disney World. He's nowhere else. You can't find him anywhere at Disneyland except for in the pin store. The dragon. Yes. I love Figment. I love the the Ratatouille ride I'm dying to go on. I love Epcot. I love visiting the worlds. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to Epcot and I we would walk the worlds and I felt so sophisticated. I was like, oh, I'm traveling. You felt so like worldly and traveled. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm going from England <laughs> to that. France to Morocco. I am a so sophisticated. Give me some rice. I love that. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I don't, I just remember getting food. I was sitting at a table with a bunch of kids from my high school and we ate in Italy and I remember being expensive. It is expensive, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, in the next section, so the Everly Brothers sing their hit song, All I Have to Do is Dream, which I actually really enjoy that song. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I think, our age know that song as the song that plays during a really bizarre and in retrospect, incredibly inappropriate um, montage dream sequence in the movie Ladybugs. Um, I feel like there was at least one person. I hope there was one person out there that went, Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there's more than one. Um, trust me. Okay. So I feel bad for the Everly brothers. Because um, of that wig? Because I feel like, <laughs> did you see well, that? Wig? No, <laughs> I did not notice a wig. Was it? Was there a wig? Oh, happening? I don't know which Everly brother it was, but it was the one with very thick, big, curly hair for a man his age that would not look that way. It was glued. Was it down. a Stan tube? He was. It was more than. It was better than anything Stan ever wore or could afford, even when he was the the Potato King. What was it called? Um. Uh. Oh God, I'm blanking on what he called himself now. Well, he thing. had this Borny, but this he morning. called him. What did he call himself? The oh, it's they're gonna late. hate us. Everyone's I, gonna I, hate us. Everyone's gonna hate us. You Google it, and I'll talk. But he had, wasn't he. Yeah, he was the something king. He had this hair that he and they're moving around because they're in sort of like a country western sort of like a place like country, place. I don't know where they are. And he was moving around. He was sweating. There was things happening on his head. And that hair did not move once. That man was wearing a toupee. Okay. I will believe you. Um, Coming from someone who wears I, wigs regularly. Of course. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. If anybody knows, you would know. Um, I do. I feel like. So they. I, I feel like the Everly Brothers, they hear like, hey, it's a big party. It's Disney's 15-year celebration. You're going to come perform. So they get dressed up in tuxedos and they're wearing tuxedos. But then they're just like stuck on the back of a hayride being pulled by a horse. And they're trying to play their guitars and sing while wobbling around. Like, good luck, Everly Brothers. And like one of the brothers is like, fuck it. I'm not going to play my guitar. I'm just going to hold it. Um, I just felt bad because I was like, I feel like you two weren't fully prepared or briefed on what this was going to be all about. But they sang a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful harmony. I actually really love that song. All I have to do is dream. I have it on oldies playlist that I play for a little Oreo. Oh, that's um, sweet. And then, okay, so then there's this whole thing at Pioneer Hall. Yeah. Remember with like, it's supposed to be like a Western like shootout. And there are these like two men who are like manhandling mini I didn't like it very much. I didn't like it either. It I was... felt bad. I felt like Minnie was crapped on by everybody but Dolly Parton yes. in this special. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so anyway, there's like there's just like a whole thing. The Everly Brothers sing Bye Bye Love. They got two songs to sing. Um, and then a barbershop quartet sang Uptown Girl, but there's like but it's not a barbershop quartet because there's like a million yeah. of them, the singers. Yeah. Is that like a thing at Disney? No, or is that I mean just... the barbershop quartet is, but not a million of them, no. There were a lot, but yeah, it's it was good. For, and then Harry Shear, <laughs> Harry Shear then did a Casey Kasem top ten list, yeah, which no was like, cares. Uh, no one cares. Get the Betty and Blee. Nobody That's cares all we care about. <laughs> and then yes, then Betty does a world tour of Epcot, and this was the difference between Betty and B. With yeah. B, her song the. On, on, on. Yeah. She was standing, I believe, in front of a green screen yeah. or at a section of Disney where it was like, here, be stand next to this plant mm-hmm. and sing. Betty was like, Betty spent half a day shooting this oh, thing. She was all she, over the park. She was all over the park singing and dancing. Like they had for B's song, they had her for the length of that song. For yeah. Betty, they had her for six hours and they took advantage of every minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's play uh, part of her song because it's really good. You know, Betty's not the greatest singer, not the greatest singer, but she can she can do what she needs to do. My favorite bit in all of this was when they ended up in Mexico at when she's dancing through all the the lands or whatever. And Mm -hmm. she's dancing with Donald and they're doing that hat dance, you know, the Mexican hat dance where you dance around the hat Mm -hmm. or whatever. And she's doing that with Donald and she sneaks around and she like pats Donald on the butt, which for the record, ladies and gentlemen, if you do that. I'm not saying I know this from experience. If you do that at the park, you will be kicked out. You will be asked to Well, leave. that only makes sense. Yes. So do not do what Betty did. Only Betty White can pat Donald Duck on the rear. Only Emmy Award winning Betty White. Yes. Oh, speaking of, I think the next exchange between the two of them is the one where they mention the Emmy and where they mention Rue. yeah, that was that was funny. But, I'll give okay. it to your writer. That was Can, funny. Based on everything else that had happened in this and the writing throughout, because you're right, it wasn't always great. I have a feeling that was a B or a Betty suggestion. I have a feeling they were like, yeah. we need to reference Rue here. We need to reference one of the girls here. Like, I have a feeling they suggested that. It definitely, it was the... The only time the joke actually felt like it was a genuine exchange between these two women, given their relationship Mm -hmm. versus everything else just felt like someone was writing bits for them. This actually like felt genuinely like an exchange between these two women. So maybe they did pitch it because because I maybe the way the joke was written was just 
I say Yahoo like this when I'm excited. (laughs) End of joke. Well, and the whole rest of it, Um, I mean, I don't even know if anything else happen after that or did they just end in the because the ending was kind of incredible. They, yeah, I just, I, I wrote in my notes, then they sing a goodbye song, yeah. exclamation yeah. point. <laughs> but they have this funny little bit where I think they were on a green screen doing that song and like doing their end bit. And then they, they walk to find their car and they're stuck in this crowd and they're surrounded by all these people in the park. And it's literally just Betty and B doing like b-roll like fill-in dialogue of like this the car over here Why yeah over like here? over and, yeah like they over do the it credits for, like, i could have sworn we parked it over there they, they do it for a really they long committed time. to it and everyone's just sort of standing around them looking at the camera and betty and b are just like i don't know is it over here and then betty will turn b will not move b is my kind of performer i make a joke whenever i do a show that i say some queens have like a 10,000 step foot goal when they're walking around a show and doing all the dancing and everything. I have a 12 step goal. That is like my only step stage to, to the dressing room and then back. That's all I'll do. I'm like be in this situation. She did not move. But Betty was turning around being like, maybe it's over here. Maybe it's over here. I don't know. <laughs> and B. Arthur is just like, I don't want to look at any of these people behind me. Yeah, I want to take my <laughs> shoes off immediately. I have to say, though, like when that was all over and done with, because they were, were physically there at the park for that. Yeah. Like, did they I'm, I'm hope I'm assuming they just got an escort back to their cars. Oh, I, I would assume they got more than an escort. They got flown in a private jet back to Los Angeles. Let's be real. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they were in Disney World. Yeah. yeah. So they probably but, hopped in a golf cart, were taken to cars to the airport to then go back. And they even make a joke at some point about having to be on set. Oh, because that's what it is. It's that B doesn't want to leave. She loves Disney now. Yeah. By the end of it, at the beginning, she was a skeptic. But by the end, she's like, no, Betty, I don't want to leave. Now, there's another video that I found uh, right before we started doing this. So I didn't text it to you because I was we were in the mix of getting ready that I believe was filmed around the same time that the special was filmed. I don't know. I could be wrong. But it was Betty White, and she, on the Hollywood studio tour in Hollywood Studios in in Orlando, I think that opened later, so that's, this must have been shot years later. But it's a fun clip for you guys to watch. We'll also post it in the in the notes. Um, it's They're doing a Hollywood studio tour, and they pass the Golden Girls house because that's a part of <gasps> the, the studio yeah. tour in Orlando. Oh, and, it's M- MGM. Yes, MGM. MGM Studios, yeah. Because I've well, seen it's, it. It's no I saw it when, called, I, when I went for my senior trip. I saw it. It's no longer called MGM, though. Now it's called Disney Hollywood Studios or something. And, oh, and sorry. I and I don't, because they don't, <laughs> they don't have the deal with MGM anymore. And now oh. I don't believe even the Golden Girls house is there. But whatever. In this video. No, they tore it down. Yeah. In this video, the people who are on the tour get off the ride. Like, they jump off the ride. Again, something you should not do at Disney World ever. Hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. And they jump off the ride, walk up to the front door of the Golden Girls house, knock on that door. And who opens? It's Betty White. But it's not Betty White. She is staying in the Rose character. She is not breaking. They're saying, oh, we're on the studio tour. And then and then Rose goes, what do you mean? Blanche was just here. I don't know what you're – and she's playing it. And then they take her outside and they show her – it's kind of traumatic. They show her – that the other side of her house is just a studio set. And she's like, but what do you mean? We just had that painted. And then it cuts to like 
a quick shot B-roll of Betty White in a parade like at, at MGM waving to everybody and getting her hands in the fake Grauman's Chinese Aww, theater thing and all of that stuff. Like, yeah. It's a whole bit. I'll send you the video and we'll post it too. But it's it's uh, it was a fun little thing to watch after all this. Oh, that's really sweet. I was like, wait, I was like, wait, are you going to play the clip? Are we going to hear it? No, because it's too long. It it wouldn't sound good as an audio clip. So we'll just, you you guys have to watch it and we'll post it on our Instagram and stuff. Go to our Instagram and watch that. But this was so fun, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. I think that we should take a quick break and come back with some golden takeaways. We are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your lives or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway from this episode? My golden takeaway uh, is a piece of advice for our audience. So audience, if you like me, when you're listening to a podcast, if once people start saying, and here's where you can follow us on social media and yada, if you're like, oh, that's where I tune out because it's the same Mm. thing every week. Audience member, I'm going to tell you this. Do not do that because we're going to end this episode with Dolly Parton singing nine to five Mm -hmm. live from Disney World in 1986. So (sighs) if you want to hear that, then listen to the end. Bear with us through this. That is my golden takeaway. Oh, I have so many golden takeaways from this episode because there are so many magical things that happen. But I think... My biggest golden takeaway is when you go to a Disney park, you, we all know it's expensive. We all know it's a luxury. We all know it's capitalism at its best. We all know the things that we can critique about it. But if you go in, even with like the B. Arthur spirit of just wanting a hot dog, which is frankly all I want sometimes, then that's the way you should be in situations like that because – The thing is, like, when Michael and I go, we're two adults going to Disney World or Disneyland, of course. But we also recognize that we're surrounded by children who are having the time of their life, who are literally enjoying every aspect of every nugget of every piece of thing that is around them in that park. They are loving it. It is is like... And to see that joy, even like with Zelda, seeing little, because we were on a FaceTime the other day and seeing Minnie, you know, our little, our, our, our Mickey doll that we have. I have a Jewish Mickey doll. Um, and to see like a kid light up just at the presence. And sure, you can, you can cop it up to like Disney's dominance and all of the naysaying things. But like, you can't deny how wonderful it is to see a kid love something so much. And then if they are anything like me, they turn that love into like an obsession throughout their life. And it becomes sort of like a, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, I barely go to bars unless I'm getting paid to perform. All I do is I go to Disney and I see friends. And I think that's a very healthy adult life. I totally agree with you. I Yes, you and I were on FaceTime the other day and you were holding up all your Mickey dolls to little Oreo and she absolutely loved them and it was really adorable. It was so cute. Um, and... Yeah, I love I, that is one of my favorite things about you and Michael is how much you love Disneyland yeah. and just Disney in general. It it is it and you'd said that too the other day. You're like, "Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs. I just go to Disney." And I'm like, "That is It's so true that though. Is I mean, absolutely I spend lovely. all of my money on drag and Disney. That's literally all I do. <laughs> drag and Disney. That's yeah. going to be your next podcast. I know. Just drag and Disney. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, wow. Guys, this has been another episode of Out on Lanai. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness. And guys, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, Out on Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. And I am H. John Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get this podcast because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up and the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of Golden Girls fans. And as always, remember... I'm going to start it. Stay golden! Stay golden! Then I jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the street, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working.